Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. How we doing? Can we stand to our feet? We're about to read the word and pray. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you're looking good. Turn to the same person and tell them your breath smells nice. Some of you had to say that in faith. Some of you had to say that in faith. Right after my message today, we're going to have a baby dedication. And so we love our babies. Amen. In Church Alive, if you're here for the baby dedication, don't worry. Haven't forgot you. We'll be right at the end of the service. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It is our key verse for the whole month. And it is an incredible verse, a verse you should memorize, write it on your forehead. Come on, somebody. Let's read it together. Ready? Read now to him who is able. Come on, one more time with me. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We pray in this place and this time that you would move by your spirit. God, draw men in here. Draw women in here to know you more intimately, to find you. Lord, let lost coins be found. Let lost sheep run back. Let lost prodigals run back to you. And let your church and your people be empowered by the spirit of the living Christ. I believe you for the touch of heaven upon this house. Holy Spirit, walk across the aisles and draw people, I pray. And a faithful church said, come on, a faithful church said, come on, high five three people as you sit down and tell them this one is for me. This one's for me. Don't be afraid. A couple of you, come on, high five couple of people. Some of you just sat down just rudely. You ignored a bunch of people. Well done. Well done. How many of you... Um, well, let me just tell this story before I kind of get into it. When I was like 15, 16, 17, I don't know what it was, but Slurpees became a big deal. How many of you, around that time, like maybe your friends started driving. I think when I was 15, my brother was driving at that time. And so we'd run and get a Slurpee and friends of ours would get Slurpee. Now, this is no longer a Slurpee. It's called a Sloppy. All right. It has, someone bought it for me maybe an hour ago and it is just gone. But how many of you, at some stage in your life, you were a Slurpee drinker? Come on, put up your hand. Just go, yes, I was a Slurpee drinker. All right, cool. You're with me. Most of you. How many of you never had a Slurpee? Okay, a couple of you need to go after the service and just go get yourself a Slurpee or a Sloppy. 7-Eleven, come on. You need to wake up. It's Slurpee time. Okay, it's not football time. It's Slurpee time after church. Um, how many of you Slurpee people, um, when you go and get a Slurpee, you, you, you do like, Quarter full, quarter full, quarter full, quarter full with different flavors. How many different flavor people? Come on, put up your hand. Just go, yeah, I'm a different flavor person. Okay, I think you're bizarre. Um, <laughs> you're, like, I, I'm very multicultural. I just love it. But others of you, you're the, you're the kind of people that um, the 7-Eleven person doesn't like. 
You sit there and you fill it up a little bit and you taste it and you just decide which one you're going to like more and uh, you go to the next one. I'm not sure about this one. You go to the next one and you're like, I'm not sure either. And you've basically had a Slurpee. And finally you're like, you know what? I'm not even getting a Slurpee. I'm done. I'm Slurpeed out, right? And some of you are that. Anyone here, just admit real quick, you're that person. About three or four of you. All right. I know you're never paying for my lunch if we go out together. When it comes to God, though, um, I think so many people are shot people. They want a little bit of God. They want a little bit of their Slurpee. They want to just kind of give it a shot, and they want to taste it. But somehow there's something in us that makes us nervous, perhaps, or something like that, that if I put all my cup under God and I allow Him to fill my life, that somehow He's going to trick me and He's going to put some good stuff in at the start, but then by the end of the time, He's going he's to take away some stuff. How many are with me? Right? But here's what I want to make the case to you today, that God wants to fill you up to overflowing. God wants to fill you up with overflowing, and what comes out of God is goodness and mercy. See, if you believe that God is good at the very essence of your core, then everything that comes from God, you believe that He is. But I believe that the devil has worked very hard on people to believe that so often people just want a shot of God, and they say, whoa, 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 that's enough. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 says this, Genesis 15, verse 1. If you've got your Bible, you can read it. If not, should be on the screen. Genesis 15, verse 1 says this, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy, everyone say with me, exceeding. Come on, everyone say with me, exceeding. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Joseph, sorry, Abraham was an extremely wealthy, wealthy man. He was a Bill Gates of the day. And then God says to him, listen, when you get me, I overflow your cup and I want to give you exceeding things. But I found this, you don't want just God's blessing, you want God. Because if you get God, you get his blessings. Lots of people want his blessings, but I want to encourage you. Listen, if you just get filled up with God, guess what comes with him? His blessings. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Psalm 23, verse 5 and 6 says, The Lord anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Someone say, run over. Come on, someone say, exceed. God wants your life and my life to exceed, to overflow with His grace, with His goodness, with His mercy, with His faithfulness, with everything that He is. He wants you to exceed in hope. He wants you to exceed in love. Are you with me today? Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I want to set up this case that God actually loves you and likes you more ridiculously than you've ever known. God likes you. God loves you more than you'll ever, ever know. But how many want to know how much he loves you? Come on, there's no point getting to heaven and going, oh my gosh, you actually liked me. I spent my whole time on planet earth thinking you couldn't stand me and here I am in your presence. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this, 
Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God's love is not cheap. It's not stingy. He doesn't need a loan. He's not going into bankruptcy. Doesn't matter how the economy's doing. God's love is everlasting. It's before me. It's before you. It's after you. It's after me. It was before the world began. It'll be after the world began. He never runs out of love. Therefore, you and I can go confidently to the throne room of God and say, God, I need another drink. I need another Slurpee. I need you to fill me up to overflowing. Because if you don't get filled up with overflowing, you got nothing to give out. The most unloving people in the world are those that have not experienced love. Well, how many you know that you'll enjoy your life more if you're more loving? Many times we think if, if, it's, if we've got more money. No, if you love life and love people more, I've found you actually enjoy life more. I'm preaching better than you're shouting, let me tell you. You can have as much of the love of God as you want. You can have as much as the love of God as you want. I don't believe God's up in heaven just going, you know what, let's just give him a tiny bit. <laughs> He's had enough. Send him away. Little mini Slurpee for that person. I've actually found that we stop up the love. We stop. We kind of shut the door and go, no, 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 that's enough, God. I did too many bad things. I've thought too many bad thoughts. I've done this. I did that. And there's no way you could love me. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 1 verse 9, Paul was praying for the church and he said this, and I pray that your love might abound. Someone say abound. Come on, say abound. Say exceed. He prays over and over again. Listen, a critical verse in Scripture is Proverbs 1 verse 7. Proverbs 1 verse 7 actually says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. However, in the New Testament, I don't want to take away from an awe from God, from a reverence from God, but I want to let you know there is not one place in Scripture in the entire New Testament where the apostles are praying that the people would know the love, or sorry, the fear of God. But over and over again, the apostles begin to pray for the church that they would have a deeper and broader and greater understanding of the love of God. Come on, are you with me? I think Christians, sometimes we're Christians too long and and someone preaches on the love of God. You're like, I've heard it before. I just wanted to let you know, who cares if you've heard it? I want to see us live it. I want to see us exceed in it. How many want to go to an unloving church? Well, how many want to go to a loving church, right? How many want an unloving family? How many want a loving family? I don't know about you, but I want a loving family. Because good things happen when you're in a loving family. Babies come and all kinds of good stuff. (laughs) So I was like, that was awesome. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says this, I read this scripture years ago and I never got it, but I hope you get it today. Here's what it says, the Lord your God is with you, someone say he's with me, someone say mighty warrior, come on all the men say mighty warrior, Uh, let me talk to the men for a second, Um, men we've got problems. 
Because <laughs> you can talk um, to men about love, and, and men are like, <laughs> I don't need love. <laughs> Let's have a bench press competition. Um, how many push-ups can you do? How much money do you make? Um, uh, your fantasy football team, who's winning? You know, we're all about competition and so forth. But let me tell you this, men need love. Men need the love of a father. Men need to be poured out on. Because I tell you, if you actually have love in the heart of a man, he doesn't treat people like crap. He doesn't beat people. He doesn't hit people. He doesn't cause all kinds of problems. He doesn't go to jail. He doesn't rob people. He doesn't, he doesn't do all the kind of junk that men so often do. Are you with me? Right? If he knows actually that he's got worth and value in the sight of God. And if you don't know love, and if I don't know love, men, are the, we don't know how to act loving. We actually don't know how to act like real men. Even recently, I tell you, Think about this. Men have a hard time saying I love you to people. I didn't grow up in a family where uh, my mom said it all the time to me, but my dad wasn't always like, I love you, son. I knew my dad loved me. My dad just, he just, I don't know, he'd tell me every once in a while. And so I realized after a time, I'm like, I was telling someone I loved them recently. I'm like, how come I don't want to tell someone I love them? And I'm actually like, hold on, it's because it's actually insecurity. Come on. I love you too, man. I appreciate it. I'm not trying to get you to get all soft on me. and I don't need 10-second hugs after church or anything weird. They're like, let, let me just hug you for a moment. I, I don't know if you know this, but I had some guy in church, because I was joking around, I don't really like hugging men. But uh, he hugged me for like 15 seconds, and he wouldn't let go. And, it was, and they filmed it, and it was the most awkward moment of my life. I was like, oh, no, oh, yeah, ah, ah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Good stuff. All the people who watch this online will be like, that's a weird judge. <laughs> they're new today. They're like, oh, you're very loving. <laughs> Let me leave and go to a colder church. <laughs> the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior. Notice God calls himself a mighty warrior. He says, I am a mighty warrior. And if you picture Jesus as Mamby Pamby, let me change your picture, for he is a mighty warrior. No one actually arrested Jesus. He gave up his life. He gave up himself to be crucified. The most brutal death ever imaginable. He didn't just get arrested. No, he says in, in one passage of Scripture, they come to arrest him. And they're like, who are you? And he says, and they say, I'm looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. And they literally, the Bible says, they fall over. He was just letting them know, you're not arresting me. I'm giving up my life. I am a mighty warrior. He is both lion and he is lamb. Can someone say amen? The mighty warrior who saves, he will take, watch this now church, feel the weight of this. He will take great delight in you. He will take great delight in you. And I would actually say that the challenge for many, many people is they believe God loves them. They're pretty sure he doesn't like them. He will take great delight in you. Now, you've got to understand this. Does that mean God loves everything and likes everything you do? No. I have children, six-year-old, three-year-old, and we have dinner every night, and there's rice all over the table on the floor every night. 
I've got to get the vacuum cleaner and clean it up. Actually, I'm now getting my son to clean it up. They make a mess every day. Are you with me? But guess what? They used to throw it on the walls. So guess what? They're doing a whole lot better. And do you realize that sometimes you're like, oh, I still suck as a Christian. And I just want to tell someone you're doing better. He will take great delight in you, in His love. He will no longer rebuke you. Now watch this now. And, and man, you got to just, just stay with me. Don't feel like it's becoming a weird, airy-fairy message. But stay with me, man. He says, but He will rejoice over you with singing. And I never understood this until I had children. Because every night when I put my daughter to sleep or my son to sleep, often my daughter, we have a little song. And we sing this little song and I sing to her. And, and I changed the words of this song and I made it, Shelly, I love you and all this kind of stuff. And it's very princess-like, if you know what I mean. And, and uh, she knows she's a princess and she's daddy's princess. And if anyone messes with her, some guy, I'm going to kill him. But uh, I'll ask forgiveness later. <laughs> Amen. Right? Guns don't kill people. Fathers with guns kill people. <laughs> Someone say amen. Turn to your neighbors, say, are you having a good time in church? So like, I want to go to a church where they don't enjoy themselves. But I will rejoice over you with singing. Let me say this again. I believe a lot of people believe that God loves them. I don't believe a lot of people actually believe that God likes them. My wife and I, Obviously, like to hang out with other couples sometimes and other friends and sometimes. And, you know, if I don't know someone, I'll generally grab coffee with them because I don't know if it's going to go well. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you're going to get coffee? Well, coffee could be 30 minutes. I'm cool with getting coffee with anyone. I'll get coffee with someone, right? But if you're going to go out to lunch with someone, that could be, like, if you don't like that person or it just doesn't mesh, that may not go as well. But if you're going to go out to dinner and movies with someone, now all of a sudden you're like, I like you, right? How many know that? But if you're going to go on vacation with someone, you better like that couple. A number of years ago, my wife and I went on vacation with a couple, and we loved this couple to death and so forth. But we were kind of nervous, and we were talking to each other before the vacation. We're like, honey, what if we get sick of them? You know, like, and we even told them beforehand, we're like, listen, I just want to let you know that there might be a day where we want to just spend alone time and so forth. And they were kind of the same. And what's weird was in the vacation, we had such a good time with our friends. We, we stayed up late with them. We got up early with them, and we never actually wanted separate time from them. Someone say, I like you. God actually wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to be forever on vacation, which is eternity, with you. Are you with me? Does God like you? He doesn't like everything I do. He doesn't like everything you do. But He loves you. Because He more than likes you. He loves you. The Bible says, with an everlasting never-ending, doesn't stop, love. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is it. It oods from His very essence. Come on, are you with me? Many people feel bad because they still struggle with sin. I would say this to you. If you're not struggling with sin, you're probably diving into sin. So I, I actually think it's a good thing you're struggling with sin. You're like, what do you mean? Hear that again. 
before I was a Christian, I didn't struggle with sin. I just did it. Before you found Christ, you didn't struggle with sin. You just smoked drugs. Now you're struggling not to smoke drugs. Some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, I used to do this and that. And, and now there's a struggle within you not to do. And I would actually say that's a great sign that there should be a struggle in you not to do something. Right? Listen to what Romans, Romans chapter 6. I'll give you just three quick points on Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and 7 and 8 is an amazing passage of Scripture where Paul was speaking to the church. And he basically says to them, the summation of Romans 6 is this. Don't sin and don't plan to sin. Like, don't live in sin. That's basically what he says. He says, listen, you've, you've, you've been connected and you've died with Christ. Consider yourself dead to sin. Don't plan to sin. But the greatest, one of the greatest Christians to ever live also wrote Romans chapter 7. In Romans chapter 6, he says, don't sin, don't plan to sin. In Romans chapter 7, he says, guess what? I still struggle with sin. He says, the good that I want to do, I often don't do. And the bad that I don't want to do, I do do. Can anyone else feel that kind of pain, right? He says, don't sin, don't plan to sin, but you're still going to struggle with sin. But then Romans at chapter 8, I think summations it so well. Basically, the summations of Romans chapter 8 is, be filled with God, be filled with the Spirit, and you won't sin as much. Why? Because you'll have power over sin. And when you do fall and you do stumble, you'll get back up again in Jesus' name. Come on, church, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. 1 John 4.19 says this, we love Him because, someone say because, come on say because, now watch this now, we love Him because He first loved us. And I think lots of people try and love God more. This year, pastor, I'm going to try and love God more. Don't try and love God more, look at His love. He first loved us and if you focus on His love, then naturally you'll love Him more. I'm going to try and love God more. Don't try, believe. Don't try, receive it. Listen to 1 John 4, verse 16. He says this, And we have known, someone say known. That's like to experience, and we have known it. We felt it. We had it. We have known and believed the love God has for us. God is love. Someone say known. Someone say believed. And we have known and believed. You ever met, you ever um, hung out with a couple and they kind of make you sick? Because <laughs> they're so lovey-dovey towards one another. Or maybe you see them from afar and you, you know, especially older people, they, they kind of look at young puppy love and like, oh, just puppy love and so forth. But someone that's never actually loved someone, they look at it and go, oh, you make me sick. <sighs> you know why they say that? Because they've never experienced it. And then all of a sudden, two years later, they meet some cute little thing. Then they're on the phone. No, you hang up. No, you. <laughs> and the people that used to make you sick, now you understand them. Right? When you see someone jumping around in church and lifting their hands and so forth, you're like, I don't get them. That's why, because they've believed and received the love of God. Are you with me? Man, I, I just pray that you believe and receive the love of God. 
How many ever seen it? I think it's an incredible movie. How many ever seen the movie uh, Blood Diamond? Give me a show of hands. If you have not seen that movie, well, I will preface it by this. If you've if you see that movie, it'll change your world. It'll rock your socks off and so forth. But real quick, just show me again. How many people have seen? Okay, a whole bunch of people have seen the movie. In the movie, obviously about Leonardo DiCaprio's in there, and I can't remember the, the uh, black guy. Actually lives in New Jersey, the guy that, that's the, the, the father in that movie. Anyway, his name is Solomon. And Solomon has a, has a beautiful family. And one day he's walking along the streets with his son. And they've got fi- they're fishermen and they've got fish in their hook and so forth. And all of a sudden, these terrible, literally evil, the, the epitome of what can be bad in humanity rolls on down the street. And these men come into this village and literally chop off limbs, shoot people, rape people. I mean, it is just an absolutely brutal display. And they end up kidnapping his young little boy. Well, Solomon is on a mission. Solomon doesn't care what he's going to do. He's trying to look for his son and trying to find his son. But during that process of looking for his son, they have the the people that kidnapped little Dia have been brainwashing them and drugging them and, and telling them that their families are dead and useless and they hate them. And then finally they get them to the point where they kind of shoot some fake images and then they shoot someone and they so badly scar their mind and so badly scar their hearts that after a while, the young kids who are like 10 years old literally start enjoying being literally children's soldiers. And Solomon actually finds his son there for a moment and he finds him and he taps him on the shoulder. He's like, dear, dear, come with me. And his son, weirdly enough, to, to everyone's dismay, he kind of flicks him off. He's just like, get away from me. And all of a sudden, Solomon realized that his son had just not been kidnapped. His son had been brainwashed and that he didn't even want to come back home anymore. Fast forward just a little bit and Solomon is still on this mission to find his son. And then he finds him. And he has an incredible conversation with him. I want you to watch the screen. Keep digging, huh? They'll be here any second. Come on. Keep digging. Had it better be there, huh? Yes, yes. You got it. Have you got it, huh? Yes, got it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Solomon. Dear. What are you doing? Dear. Nyangbe. Nyangbe. What are you doing? The Avanti of the proud Mende tribe. You are a good boy who loves soccer and school. Your mother loves you so much. She waits by the fire making plantains and red palm oil stew with your sister Nyanda. And you do, baby. Look. 
cows wait for you. And Babu, the wild dog who wants no one but you. Hmm? I know they made you do bad things. But you're not a bad boy. I am your father. Who loves you. And you will come home with me and be my son again. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you and in his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Incredible picture of a man rescuing his son. Incredible picture of someone who'd been kidnapped and lied to and bombarded. And, and I want you to notice the scene. The scene is just a powerful one where Solomon gets kind of down. He's just like, he's talking slowly to his son. He's just like, son, dear, what are you doing? I tried to rescue you last time and now all of a sudden you're, you're about to attack me. Now all of a sudden you're about to reject me. Now all of a sudden you're about to do those things. And there's this moment where he just starts talking to him slowly and he reminds him who he is. He says, Dear, you are of my tribe. You are a good boy and you love soccer. And isn't that the same thing that God does to you and to me? He says, Don't you know that you were made in my image? Don't you know that I made you to be like me, not like the devil? Don't you know that I made you to be the man I've called you to be? And sometimes God has to get in our face for a moment and God has to speak slowly to us sometimes. And He's just reminding us again, you are not made for this. You are not made to just live your life by yourself. You're not just made to do your own thing. He says, no, 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 you are not made to do those things. But I am speaking into who you are today. You are my son. It is time to come home with me. And he has loved us with an everlasting love. And his love is chasing you and chasing me. And if you ever feel like, man, God, I've done too much bad stuff to be loved by God. Just let me, let. can you feel the weight of the moment this kid has? has murdered people and his son is just like, his dad's soul is like, come on, I'm finding you. I'm rescuing you. I'm taking you. And don't you see the picture of Christ? Do you see the picture of God the Father? He rescues, He comes down. He says, I'm doing whatever it takes and I will literally die for them so that they would come home. I watched another clip of a movie this week and Denzel Washington was playing man in fire, man under fire, and he is a security guard. And this young little girl, Peter, has been kidnapped, and luckily she has not been harmed, she has not been rescued. But it is an amazing picture of Christ where he literally walks up onto this bridge, stands at the middle, and then the kidnappers say, Okay, now you've paid the price, I'll let that one go. And this young little eight-year-old girl runs over the bridge, comes, hugs Denzel, and looks at him and says, Creasy, you love me, don't you? And he looks at her and says, Yeah, baby, I love you. 
and, and Peter has to run away and runs back to a mummy and, and Denzel has to walk on down and he knows they're going to kill him. He knows they're going to just literally shoot him or torture him. He has, he has plagued them with what he has done to them and who knows what he's going to be done to. And it is an incredible picture of the love of God. See, if you think you should have a little bit of God, you've been lied to. If you think a little bit of religion, but not the life of the Spirit, let me tell you, you might believe in Jesus, but you've been lied to. And I want to tell you, and I just want to feel like, I feel like the word for our house is, listen, exceed in love. But before you can exceed in love, you've got to exceed in His love. Before I can exceed in, in the love of a father, the love of a husband, the love of a friend, the love of a pastor, man, I've got to allow the love of God to abound in my heart and my spirit. Come on, are you with me, church? Come on, if you're with me, come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? How many here today and just feel like, man, I need more of the love of God in my life. Just lift your hand. And I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. I include myself in that prayer. I know, man, I want God to pour out on me. I want Him to fill my cup and then fill it again and fill it again and fill it again and fill it again. Father, I pray for every hand lifted. And I just pray right now. That right now, by the Spirit of God, that there would be a supernatural moment that you would take the Word of God, you would seal it on their mind, seal it on their spirit, that it would not be stolen. But I pray that Word would germinate and it would cause massive, massive fruit in their life. Let me pray for some other people. Just put your hand down for a second. But let me pray for you if you feel like you're far away from God. Let me pray for you if you feel like you've never accepted God. If you're here today, maybe a friend invited you. Maybe it randomly came. Maybe you saw an ad on Facebook or something along those lines. But maybe you grew up in church, grew up Catholic, grew up Christian, grew up whatever. It doesn't matter what you grew up. The real question is, are you connected to God? Have you said yes to that invitation where He said, Listen, you are made for more. You're made for a reason. You're made for a purpose. I love you with an undying, everlasting love. I died for you and I want you to spend eternity with me. Listen, don't worry about the past, but I want to tell you, you've got to trust His words. The Bible says, whosoever believes upon His name shall be saved. You're here today. You feel far away from God. I want to invite you to come on back. If you're here today and you've never said yes to those words, you've never said yes to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do a very simple thing. It's just pray from the bottom of your heart and just receive Him by faith and say, God, I may not even understand it all, but I'm asking you to fill me and change me and I'm asking you to come into my life today. Come on all over the place. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand, raise it up real high. Say, Anthony, I want you to pray for me. I feel like I need to come back to God. I need to accept Him for the very first time. Come on, all over this place. If that's you, just want to pray for you. Don't want to embarrass you. Anyone here today saying yes to Jesus for the first time? Or anyone here today feel like, I need to come back. I need to come back. Come on, raise your hand real high. Say, yes, that's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. That's awesome. Anyone else? Real quick. I see two hands. Do I see any more? Just real quick. I, wanna, I just want to say yes. I want to pray for you. Thank you, ma'am, I think. Yep, awesome in the back there. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like I'm waiting on one more person. 
If you're here today and feel the wrestle, thank you, sweetie. That's awesome. Thank you. Come on, let's pray this as a church together. Say, Jesus, thank you for looking for me. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for loving me. Right now, I bring you my life. And I ask you to forgive me. I want to come home to you. I want to exceed in your love. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for changing me and making me. Come on, a faith-filled group of people said. Come on, can we give those people a hand that raise their hand? Come on, did you receive something today? Amen, amen, amen. Actually, just hang out one second. I just got to do something real quick. Can I have, um, honey, can you come up? Do you want to just speak to the people who raise their hand real quick and then we'll ask. Um, oh, can someone help my wife up? <laughs> I got this. Even in heels. <laughs> hey, if you raise your hand today for the first time or if you're just reconnecting with God, we take that so seriously here at Church Alive because we think that's the most important journey that you can ever go on. And so the same place that if you're first time that you can go to, it's where that table with the TV is. We just have a, a Bible we would love to give you, a CD that really helps you on your next steps. And again, just someone there who will connect with you for about 30 seconds. If you want prayer, you can ask for prayer there as well. They'd be so happy to do that. Um, but again, yeah, make sure you don't leave this place without connecting for just a few moments with someone who will just really help you on what those next steps look like to follow Jesus. Cool. And we're going to now do a baby dedication. Can I have Daniel and Grace Perry coming up and baby Charlotte? Such a cute name. I love Charlotte. Look how cute this little baby is, people. <laughs> come on, give them a hand as they come on up. guys doing love the ribbon oh, she's so how cute. are you sweetheart you doing good how old is charlotte six months all right awesome 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 well obviously it's a special time um, for baby charlotte but it's obviously a special time because she's actually not going to remember this one but uh <laughs> special time obviously for daniel and grace and we just want to pray that god's blessing upon you guys god's blessing upon little charlotte and uh let me just read a scripture and then we'll pray for you guys uh the bible says in luke chapter 2 and speaking of jesus now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses, were completed. They brought Him to Jerusalem to present Him to the Lord. And so today, that's really what we're doing. We're presenting Charlotte to the Lord. We're dedicating Charlotte to the Lord. But also, we're, we're taking... Um, we're really saying to the parents, it's so important that they take spiritual responsibility. They already know they take physical responsibility, protection responsibility, and all those kinds of things. And, and we just believe for the grace of God upon you guys, right? I think there's no greater honor to be a parent, be a dad. And I know you guys are enjoying that and loving that. And, uh, and I, I just know that through your love for her, actually God can show you His love in a greater exceeding way. Because you're going to look at her sometimes and go, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. How much... I love this little one. And I just want to remind you of that amazing truth that God actually loves you guys more than that. And it'll overwhelm you, I promise you, at different times. Come on, let's pray for baby Charlotte. Um, why don't you step forward, big guy, and why don't you lift her up in your hands. And come on, can we stand to our feet? We're going to stretch out our hands and just believe the touch of God upon them, but also upon baby Charlotte. 
Hello, sweetheart. How are you? Can I, can I hold your little, can I hold your hand? No. I make babies cry. I don't try to, but I make babies cry. It must be the microphone. Father, we just come before you right now, and I thank you, God, for this family. I thank you for the Perrys, Lord. I thank you for them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we just believe for the touch of God upon Charlotte right now. Let your anointing even touch her right now, Lord God. Protect her all the days of her life. Fill her, I pray, with your purpose, your grace. God, may she find you, Lord, in a unique way. I pray for the purpose you have for this child. I pray for the purpose you have, God, for this family. And I pray the blessing of heaven over these guys. Lord, I pray Psalm 128 over them. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who reveres, who honours you. Father, thank you, Lord, that he shall be happy, it shall be well. Lord, with Daniel, his wife, Grace, shall be like a fruitful vine in the heart of his house and his sons and daughters shall be like olive shoots all around your table. Father, we bless them now in Jesus' awesome name. And a faithful group of people said, Amen. 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 One more time, give these guys a hand. Did you receive something today? Come on, did you receive something today? Someone say, exceed in love. Come on, say, exceed in love. Say, God likes me. God loves me. One more time, God likes me. In Jesus' name. Father, I speak your blessing over your people right now. And I thank you, Lord, for them. I ask your blessing over every home. God, your blessing over every man, every woman, every baby. Lord, thank you for the touch of heaven that is in this house even now. We thank you, God, that you're going to exceed our purposes and plans this year. And I just believe for your supernatural pouring out of your spirit, Lord, this week upon your people. And then, Lord, we're just going to see so many people finding you and getting saved. And, Lord, us experiencing the love of God in a unique way. We believe you for it. Jesus' name. Faithful Church said. Amen. Hey, don't forget, right after service, we launch our 21-day fast. If you guys want to follow along with our reading plan, churchalive.tv has all the information on there. So you don't have to email us or call us. It's all on there, churchalive.tv. And you can follow us. And we just really believe the next three weeks are going to be super powerful. And we know Empower Weekend is going to be powerful. So join us. We love you. We'll see you back next Saturday or Sunday here. Love you guys. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching. I pray that this message has impacted your life in a powerful, powerful way. If you feel like it has, email us at connect at churchalive.tv or if you accepted Christ today for the very first time or you feel like you're running back to the Lord today, email us again and let us know. I know that's going to be encouragement to me. It's going to be encouragement to other people who serve as part of our church. God bless you. See you next time.